0: Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 134. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about a recent um, EDC pistol-focused training night where we tried to fix the things that didn't go so well uh, a couple weeks ago we shot the CPD 300-point call.
1: Yeah. Um, guys, we had a, a, a couple of guys who had um, sights on guns that, that were regulated well enough for 20 yards and in, or maybe, you know, 30 feet and in, whatever. Uh, But when you, you know, we got into shooting some of the 75 foot stuff, um, and and then it just kind of caught up, like, especially with me, my sights were off just a little bit, not enough that it should have mattered, but there were a number of shots that would have been good that were, you know, a point down or whatever. Um, so we decided to kind of start off at, uh, a little bit backward here, but we decided to start off at 50 yards and work for 50, 40, 30, 10, uh, 20 and 10 in with either a three shot or a five shot group at each distance and on a B8 target, um, to see where you were honestly hitting with an honest hold honest slow fire. Um, was trying to go fast, not from the holster, no time limits, no nothing. This was purely just kind of a Sight in slash where does my gun shoot at distance um, and at what distance and kind of see what's going on. Um, I, 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 I found some things out, you know, I'm, I'm running a Glock 45 that, that generally shoots pretty well. Um, I chose to run um, duty ammo through 50, 40, and 30 yards, um, and I found out that it's it's going really, really low. Um, like, I was probably 10 inches or so off.
0: You were in, like, the six rank.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was way out on the edge um, of a full-size B8. Not a repair center, guys. A full-size B8 is a big, flipping target. It's like 24 I mean, by 24. Then yeah. um, I was clear down at the bottom of the target um, and, and even dropped a couple shots outside of the scorable um, on that particular target. And, and, I, and I don't think that I was mashing the trigger because I noticed that I, I did have my very first shot was a called push um, that I ran high, and it actually hit in the black. Um, it was actually a solid nine-ring shot. So, you know, we're kind of figuring out where your gun shoots at distance. It's one of those things that it's not something that is probably purely critical uh, for, the, for the vast majority of real-world use. If you're going to be in a gunfight, knowing where your gun shoots at 50 yards, um, at 50 yards, we always jokingly tell people, if you're in a gunfight at 50 yards, leave. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't engage at those kind of distances unless you just have absolutely no other choice. And we can all dream up some scenario where, you know, you, well, I had to take the shot at 50 yards. Uh, you know, you know, children were, were being slaughtered and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Whatever. That's fine. Um, but the reality check is for the vast majority of concealed carry engagements is going to be at you know, 20% of that distance or closer. Um, but the point of this was to see precisely where your sights were at precisely where you were at um and to learn where you're holding those sights as well to make those hits and so you know 50 yards found out that even if you're even lining the sights up and cutting the center of the b8 i was almost a foot low um with good ammo um and then and then it was kind of funny too because we, we moved closer 50 and 40 yards um I think everybody didn't have the results they were looking for in general as far as tightness of group, etc. When we start talking about an Angular standard, um, for shooting, we generally say something like you should have one inch dispersion for ten feet of linear travel. Meaning, if you're running dot torture at ten feet, you should be hitting the dot every time because they're generally one inch dots, or they're a little two bigger than sucks. that. Are they that big? Okay. Yeah. Um, so generally, to people, you know, one one inch per ten feet. You should be able to hit a one inch dot at ten feet, at least cut it or put it in it at ten feet. Two inch at twenty feet, three inch at thirty feet. Um, so it's within that fifteen inch dispersion for one hundred and fifty feet. Um, it just didn't feel very warm and fuzzy, especially considering where the shots were. Um, as we worked closer, there was some miraculous stuff at like 30 yards. All of a sudden, everybody's shooting in the black, yeah. which is kind of interesting to me because that's still a 9-inch, and that black is a little bit smaller than 9-inch, I think. Um, when we got to 20, 20 yards, or 20 feet, pardon me, when we got to 20 feet, everybody was— 20 No, yards. 20 yards. When we got to yeah. 20 yards, 60 feet, Everybody was, it seemed like just about everybody was drilling the black. And then at 30 feet or at 10 yards, it was no big deal. There were lots of X's and and, and tens being hit. So, um, you know, just kind of that exercise in is it really necessary to have your your sight alignment or your pardon me your sights um, your sights that precisely zeroed? I would say yes because it 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 you know who knows when it's going to make a difference or when it's not. The other thing that it does for me, it it allows me to take mechanical issues out of the conversation and say, if I didn't hit the target, I didn't hit the target. The gun doesn't miss. Well, occasionally your sights are off. It does happen. Um, but in general,
0: sometimes the ammo misses
1: or sometimes the ammo misses too. Absolutely. You had some reloads that you knew you threw together fast and knew you were likely going to have concentricity issues. So at 50 yards, Honestly, shooting that ammo at 50 yards, you're kind of pissed in the wind. Yeah. Um, that's kind of an exercise in futility, knowing that you're there. Um, that was the other thing that I found is that I threw in some cheap 115s and went back and shot at 50 yards. Now, I also took my glasses off. Um, guys, when you get old, um, well, just don't. It sucks. Um, when you get old, you can't see your front sight very well with your glasses on unless you have bifocals. But if you take your glasses off, then you can't see the target clearly, but you can see the front sight perfectly. Oh my gosh! What a conundrum! Ah, ah! What will we do? Um, you'll, you'll freaking yeah! You get a red dot and or you'll deal with it. Um, the reality is, is all those targets, all those hits would have been on a bad guy at fifty yards. That had just been lower than I wanted. When I switched out and went to no glasses and just so I could see the front sight super clearly and put it in the middle of target, um, I probably raised my point of aim slightly because I could cause I just covered up the dot cause I couldn't see it anyway. So it didn't matter. I just put it in the middle of the target and went on and pressed those shots off. And I think I dropped, I think I had maybe maybe a 20% increase in scoring at that point at 50, 40 and 30. Cause I ran those three distances just to see with no glasses. Um, there's a little bit of a reality check there that I actually shot better without glasses than with them because I could see the front sight cleanly. So take from that, whatever you will. Um, I, I, Honestly, I think the moral of the story is the lesson you should be learning from that is optics on optics on handguns are real. Yeah, I I really need to get this thing milled, get that forty five milled, and get a dot put on it, and go run that same thing and see what happens. Um, because I think it would make a huge difference. But either way, um, but anyway, so if you you know if you had the time, the inclination, the space, the facility, the place to do it safely. Um, you know, if you can sandbag it or, or if you're a good shot, take your sweet old time and just press those shots off and, and work your way out to 50 yards or further and see what you get, see what your results are. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it don't let it mess with your mind. If you, things don't go where you want them to go, because it shouldn't be a confidence destroyer because it's a long way out, especially with cheap ammo. If, if you find out, you know, exactly where the gun's shooting and you've got an acceptable, you know, within that one inch per 10 feet group. It ought to be a little bit of a confidence builder to know that your equipment, that you can do it and your equipment can do it. Uh, in this case, I don't think the sights were off on this gun. I think I think everything about it was me.
0: So. Yeah, and to bring up the ammo part again, uh, there's a reason that the really high-speed, go-fast guys in the military yeah. and federal law enforcement just shoot ammo, Yep. Uh, which is their duty ammo. They don't yeah. ever shoot anything else. Uh, it's because they need to know what it does. Um, this is a really good exercise to do with your self defense ammo, yes. provided you've got an extra box or so laying around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, and it hurts to pull the trigger on each one of those. Um, but I wanted a realistic expectation of where the shots were going to go. Um, curiously, I didn't see a big difference, which is why I think that, you know, the issues I was having is just the sights on that gun. Um, on a G45, I'm running the, I normally run the Trigiglo, Trigicon XDs, um, HDXRs. And in this case, I'm running the Ameriglos and I think the Ameriglos on that particular gun, it's just your point of impact's a little bit low at those mm. distances. Um, so with those, I learned not to lollipop. I learned to cover the B8 and press a shot yeah. and maybe understand I'm gonna, it's going to drop a little bit. You know, I'm going to have to hold a little bit higher at those distances. So um, good stuff to know from a confidence perspective, though, when it comes to lacing in that perfect hit at 30 yards. To know that if I'm shooting head box and I want to hit that credit card at 30 yards or at 25 yards, I probably need to buckle down and maybe hold just a scotch high with that particular gun. So know those things. And that was, I think, kind of the lesson to be learned. So other yeah. than get a damn dot. So, yeah.
0: Yep. Cool. Um, next after we shot that evolution of things, um, we went to shooting the um, accelerator drill. So this is a Ben Stoder drill. Um, you got a target at like seven about 15 and then at 25 the targets are right next to each (coughs) other um, laterally but spread out in distance Um, two rounds per target going out and then um, two rounds on the middle target and two rounds on the close target to finish it up yep so learning one how much you need to see to get the precision you need to put the rounds in the a box yeah on an IPSC target and then also uh, learning kind of how fast you can send the pair yeah. Um, based on the distance.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and up close, it, it kind of funny because uh, we, we had some conversations around time to first shot on that. Um, it was almost like because you're shooting three different targets and one of them was far away that we had some people kind of back off a little bit on the draw stroke. Um, and we saw the same thing on the Blaze X. I think the time to shot on the Blaze X was more the distance. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so a little bit slow on the draw stroke uh, for some of us. Um, at least for one of the iterations, until you heard the time and went, "Oh, holy crap!" Um, I think everybody was pretty consistently in that seven-second range, plus or minus. Yeah. Um, there, you know, some of the guys ran it quite a bit faster, but dropped shots. Uh, some of the guys ran it quite a bit slower and ran it clean or close to clean. Um, the the one run I had where I, I still dropped one, I'm not sure what distance. I think I dropped it at the middle target, um, maybe at the far target. Either way, I dropped a shot by less than an inch. Um, but it's still a drop shot. I was still I was in the eight second range, which just felt slow because I really took my time to try and make yeah. the hits, and then still drop the shot, um, which is was a total lapse of concentration on my part. Um, and then we had some guys run at sub five seconds, but the shots were on the targets. They were hits, but they were all over the place. Yeah. And so, and then we had some other guys, like I said, slow it way down and get and run clean or near clean, um, you know, in in eight nine seconds. So. You know, I know those guys out there that can do that stuff a lot faster than us. Um, But I think you were the only one running a dot. You and Andrew are the only ones running a dot, right? Okay. Um, So, you know, so, yeah, the times were all over the place. Um, But it was interesting to to also track time to first shot and then also your splits. Um, I noticed that going out, starting up close, everybody would draw, pop, pop, middle target, pop, pop, far target, pop, pop, and then coming back, pop, pop. And then to the close target, pop up really fast. And you could see the like, it's like almost like everybody had to like wake up to what they were doing and coming back, you were a lot more comfortable for some reason coming back. I don't know what that was, Mm -hmm. but it felt like the splits were a lot tighter on the way back and transitions were a lot tighter on the way back too. So, yeah. So I don't know what that tells us except we need to work on those things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we did change it up maybe a little bit how we've done it in the past because we made the targets push off to the left instead of to the right. Yeah. So going going from right to left on the way out and then from left to right coming back, I don't know if that's some, something that will mess with people mentally.
1: It could be. I mean, I noticed that like when guys run the plate rack, almost universally everybody runs the plate rack from the right side to the left. Um, and and I do the opposite. I I don't know. I'm I, My thought on that is recoil on the gun. Generally, the gun pushes one way or the other. Yeah. And I'm sorry, everybody runs their plate rack from the left to the right like you read. And I run it the other way. Because it feels to me like my gun, if there's going to be any push off of vertical, the gun's going to push a little bit left. Why not ride that recoil? And for sure, with a rifle or a shotgun, you almost always get that dispersion because you're coming off your right shoulder if you're right handed and the gun wants to push to the left anyway. Why not ride that recoil? So I don't know. Um, I just, uh, everything about that drill felt awkward to me last night. And honestly, just about everything we did felt awkward to me last night. So I don't know. I was, I, I, I did not have a good night um, in performance, but I had a great night in finding some problems to solve. I don't know that I've got solutions for them yet, but I definitely found some things I want to work on. Um, re- big time transitions, big time. I got to, I I'm still back to figuring out sites. Um, I, it, as bad as my eyesight is with the irons and it, it affected this too, because at, at, at 15, at seven and 15 yards, I can pretty much paint the target and be close enough. But at 25 yards, I really had to buckle down and it was a struggle to see the site clearly. I couldn't see the site clearly, so I had to get it close enough, and it turned out close enough wasn't. So before I go to the dot, I almost feel this like. I almost feel this urge to like figure out to figure it out with irons first. I mean, I know it's good enough, but I want to figure yeah. it out with irons first, um, and that's what I feel like I'm struggling with right now. So, and again, kind of the reason why we do some of this stuff when the wheels fall off is where you learn. Uh, what's what's the Pat Rogers quote? Uh, learning occurs after repeated demoralizing failure Yeah, there's something along those lines you know um and and it wasn't quite demoralizing failure It was just a little bit of hmm that didn't go how i wanted um the entire night didn't hmm, that didn't go how i wanted I, I i don't think i shot a string of anything clean i think i dropped a shot or two on almost every single yeah. thing we did i dropped a shot or two most of them were distance.
0: all of us though.
1: i know but still well because we extended the distances out you know we ran we'll get into the blaze x and the grid of fire here in a minute um, but yeah I mean I, I do think though I don't know I, I felt like my transitions were, were janky coming going out I felt like I was slow going out coming back was no problem because I generally you know it was interesting it was good stuff so I, I have some things to solve now so
0: yeah yeah uh, blaze X uh, yeah blaze X uh, right before we get into blaze X we um, when we ran the accelerator we did run it dry a couple times yeah. With the emphasis on actually taking up some of the slack in the trigger to replicate every shot, um, which I think worked pretty well to get everybody familiar with the drill. Yep. It's a drill we hadn't done a ton before. Um, definitely helps, you know, if you're looking for ways to either in, to extend the amount of training you can do for given ammunition Yep, um, or, you know, trying to work more stuff into your dry fire practice. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've picked up recently on a couple podcasts is guy's doing... They'll do a drill like that. They'll actually fire the first round, and they'll fire the last round, and they'll actually just take trigger slack <laughs> for all the intermediate um, okay. shots, and that gives them um, actual shot timer data. Yeah. Um, but it goes from a what a 10-round drill to a two-round drill. Yeah, yeah. So if you're wanting to do lots and lots of reps to work on transitions, um, one of the ways to do it and not not burn a, a metric ton of ammo.
1: Yeah, but I mean, even even with everything we did, I still don't think
0: I shot 150 rounds last night. I don't even know if I shot 100. Yeah, I don't think I did. pretty pretty low round count. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, going from the accelerator drill, we went to Blaze X. um, Blaze X is a Pat Mac drill. Uh, Google it. You can find some videos and whatnot. Um, The traditional Blaze X cones are at 5, 10, and 15 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, We put them at 15, 20, and 25 yards.
1: Yeah, which I, I honestly think... Changed the drill completely. Yeah. It mean, I totally took it from being a, again, back to that site sight refinement like the accelerator. If you're at five yards, as you're, you know, you watch Pat, he's often on one foot, you know, still moving, but on one foot yeah. taking the shot up close. And even coming through the middle going forward, especially that kind of setup, um, you really just turn this into getting in position quickly and getting the shot off quickly from five different places. Um, we saw times slow probably by 10 seconds. Because generally, that's an 18 to 20 second. Um, if you're smoking 15 seconds, but if you're moving like a normal human, that's a 20 second drill, give or take. Especially <clears throat> in deep gravel. Yeah, especially in, in loose gravel. Um, in this case, everybody was up around 30 seconds, give or take. Um, and, and I just think that was a, a factor if you actually had to resign your, refine your sight picture. You were, your closest shot would have been your furthest shot on the, you know, on yeah. the, on the actual drill itself. Um, and again, we shot this on a, uh, on a IPSC target or, or USPSA target, um, shooting for a zones. Um, and, and again, you know, I, every time I ran it, even a couple times I slowed down and slowed down was relative because I think I only added like two seconds, but when I slowed down, I still dropped a shot or two. Um, and it's, and it's nothing more than me just
0: not being able to see cleanly the way I want to. So yeah. <laughs> such is life. So, Yeah. Yeah, so we did that a couple times, and then we ran a grid fire, which is another Pat Mack drill. Uh, again, traditionally, um, cones at 5, 10, and 15. Uh, we ran the cones at 15, 20, and 25. Yep. Uh, so, again, pushing the distance. Uh, distance is the issue that most of us had, and we shot the CPD 300.12. Yeah. Uh, so trying to work on, you know, making, be able to make solid hits on demand, you know, at 20, 20, 25 yards. hmm um, yep, yep. Yeah, with the grid of fire being able to get into a solid shooting position quickly, um, what I think was important. Um, yeah. A lot of guys ended up in this really weird, like overextended weaver position because they were in a hurry to shoot versus taking the yeah like extra tenth of a second to get their foot where it should have been.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, I had a lot of guys with feet linear front to back rather than lateral side to side. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really odd positions. Um, there was also a lot of the Wesley Snipes, like, you know, getting the, getting the gun up and then bringing your head over to the gun kind of stuff rather than getting the gun up in front of you. I don't know. There was some weirdness going on on that particular one. Um, I, I was watching some guys going, what are you doing? Um, a couple of the guys, too, I don't know. We, we have one guy who went through a, a state law enforcement academy at one point, and he does a whole lot of the horse stance. He does a whole lot of the feet even. Uh, almost in a squat kind of shooting thing. And for whatever reason, he like totally got away from that and had his feet placed in front, one in front of the other, but a huge gap between them. Yeah, like, it looked just like a first
0: baseman trying to catch a ball from third base.
1: Something. I mean, it was, yeah, there was some weirdness. Um, a couple of times you, Wesley, sniped, which you don't ever do. And I know that as okay. a left-eye dominant guy, you turn your head over into the gun. But there are a couple of times where like your shoulders were not over your feet. And that was bizarre yeah. for you because usually, usually laterally, you're, you're, you would be very, very difficult to walk up to and stiff arm from the side and knock over laterally at any point shooting. Your stance usually is pretty strong there. For whatever reason, your feet were up and you were like over here, like on one toe kind of thing. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like you were going into that position and kind of got there and shot. It was like that's where you chose to shoot from. Okay. It was kind of weird, I, and I noticed my shot. Like Too I bad. said, there were a couple I'll, times where I, still I got. I like in, to
0: see that on video. Yeah,
1: there were a couple times where I got, odd uh, it, it was interesting to watch, because um, there was some weird stuff going on there, and I don't know if that was um, fatigue being done. Um, I, I don't know, or just the distance. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it was it was uh, there was some odd stuff going on. Having said that, um, in each of those drills, you shoot eight or nine shots, and in general. Uh, A-Zone, and I know that A-Zone's a big target. You shouldn't be dropping shots, and yeah, okay, cool. Talk to the best guys in the world. Sometimes they still freaking Charlie out one. Um, you know, it, it happens. Uh, you know, so for a bunch of slugs like us, dropping a shot or two while you're running and doing this stuff. Uh, with the grid, time's extended out probably even a little better than—it seems like the grid's another 20-second drill— yeah, and and again, we were out. Uh, we were out north of thirty. So I mean, it added ten yeah. seconds because of the distance. Um, I don't know. So it was it was interesting. Um, one less shot,
0: but it seemed like it took a scotch bit more time. Yeah, the, the ability to move, you know, laterally. You got more running backwards, I think, with the gridifier than the blaze X. Maybe
1: more turning around. Yeah, yeah, because you're only turning around twice on the blaze X. So yeah, it was like I said, good good stuff, good movement. Um, Good focus on distance. I do think that if we'd done this out of the gate two weeks ago, um, that it would have been ugly. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been. I honestly think that it would have been ugly. So, um, and everybody was able to refine that. I, I did, you know, you go back to fundamentals. You go back to making sure the gun's in your hand properly and gripping the shit out of the gun and then taking that moment to refine your sight picture and, and press through the shot. Um I don't know. I, I felt like I, I felt like I cleaned things up. I just didn't clean them up to where I wanted them cleaned up. And then there's like I said, some other stuff I still need to figure out, like sights and vision. So such as like yeah, yeah, good stuff.
0: Yeah. One other uh, note: I was running this again with the P three hundred and sixty five from three hundred and sixty five XL from Sig with a Holosun five hundred and seven K on it. Uh, I had a few rounds where the primer was not <coughs> fully seated into the cartridge, uh, which made for a click and no bang, um, and clearing that with my tap rack. Um, it's really easy with the five hundred seven K to bump the buttons on the side and turn the optic off. Ah, okay. Um, so when you're running, you know, my function malfunction drills with optics. Um, figure out, you know, if you're in a hurry, you're just grabbing slide and stuff. Yeah, and running that slide. Um, you know, do you bump buttons on optics? Um, you know, things like that. Be aware of. Try to figure that out in training before you have to do it in the real world. Sure. And turn your optic off.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting. By accident. Yeah. Um, Especially with that, it, you know, because you still have that, there's kind of a rear sight built into it, kind of, kind of, and then there's a uh, the front sight, you know, then your front sight's still out where it is.
0: Yeah, and I actually used that for half of a Blaze X, Okay. Um, and ended up with shots about a foot higher than everything else.
1: Yeah, but that's um, at 15, 20, and 25 yards? Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to know what that, that would be something to go play with at some point and say, what part of my sight do I need to see in this shallow rear notch built into the sight? Right. for good enough, and then also the bracketing conversation around putting the head, the shoulders, the whatever, inside or on top of, and, and using it, you know, that that rough um, shape of gun, shape of optic conversation for aiming as well, and see where those things go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I will say, that, you know, having the, the front sight and then that little notch in the back of the optic works. Yeah. Um, but it is something you also, you should probably put some rounds through. Um, with the optics turned off, just to find out what it does and how it works. Yeah.
1: Yeah, heaven forbid. So, yep, yep. Cool.
0: That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, On that note, thanks for joining us. Uh, We are back up and operational after our summer break. Uh, We look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, We are 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, We're over in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, additionally, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, as long as they let us stick around. Uh, just search for Cap City Outfitters on there. Uh, we do an email newsletter that comes out once a week. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will add you to the newsletter list. And then on our website, you can find valuable information, such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com.
1: Cool. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.